Hello and welcome to the Trigonometry Show, proudly brought to you by Precision Shooter, New Zealand's home for precision rifle shooting. My name is Kerry Adams and on this show we have Sam, Ian, Nick and myself talking hunter games and competitions, the king of the range comp, precision rifle in New Zealand, how it is that Ian just seems to keep on winning every single competition, tips on shit talking your teammates and more. David from Rod and Rifle pops in towards the end and talks about getting into comps as he prepares for his first shoot. If you enjoy the show, please pop onto your social media channel of choice, like, follow, comment and share. It makes a big difference to getting the show and the information it contains out there and helps us grow both the projects and the shooting sports on the whole. Uh, hello to the lads who have already tuned in. Hello, Sean. Hello, Blair. Hello, Andrew. Um, so I think we might have a couple other lads popping in at some point when they have a bit of a, a moment, um, but that's all good. So um, obviously tonight there was quite a few events on <laughs> on the weekend. So we've got sort of North Island and South Island events. Um, the For me, I didn't get along to any of them. I, I've been setting up rifles and been doing a lot of thermals at the moment. So that was been fun. I shot one of the quietest that I'm going to put a, po- put a post up, but I think I shot almost the perfect poaching gun, um, you know, 308 running a suppressor and, and the Lee, those um, LEIGH, those, those nasty expanding, oh, print- oh, <laughs> yeah. holy moly. Uh, with a, Lee um, yeah, with a, um, uh, was it a trail LRF2 sitting on top of it as well? So, yeah, it's it's quite a rig. Um, so, yeah, that was my fun. I had a couple of thermals out. And then the other thing since we've been on, which I just thought I'd mention, which is related kind of on and off, I went out to um, Matt's place a couple of weeks ago because we've got a um, location, hopefully, that we're going to be holding a 22 shoot out there. And while I'm out, when I'm going out there, he's on the uh, PlayStation and I don't know, I, I picked it up over, over COVID times, uh, got back into my gaming a bit, but um, Call of the Wild, I don't know if you lads have ever heard of it, it's a, a hunting, sort of a hunting sim game. Um, my boys play a few of those type games, yeah, I don't know which, so what they are, but they... This one, it, it's hunting, I mean, you spend most of the time walking around silently looking for something and tracking trails and anything. But he had it on the PlayStation. I came home, I got it on the PC and uh, fired it up for a laugh. And I found out that in December, they released a, um, a DLC, which is downloadable content, extra content, and it's New Zealand. So you've got a package now, Te Aroa, well, not Aroa, Araroa, Araroa National Park, which is sort of based on generally the South Island. Um, and you're, you're kicking around the South Island hunting and, um, yeah. So it's been quite good. I've organised. I'm catching up with the game designer next week to have a chat and figure out how the New Zealand connection happened. Um, I see Remy Warren is in there as a as a skin, so I wonder if that might be the connection. Um, so it's very cool. It's a bit weird because it's using game mechanics. You can run around in a, um, in a regional or a national park with a pistol because they don't turn the pistols off and you can hunt <laughs> overseas with pistols. So you're running with like a revolver or a shotgun, just a pump action running around shooting deer. Um and uh, there's a moose. Uh, there's a moose involved as well. So you know, somebody's done a little bit of a research to hear a couple of the stories and stuff. Uh, and yeah, mythical moose that you uh, try and uh, track down. So if, uh, so if people have been playing it, haven't played it for a while, it's worth firing up for a, for a bit of a laugh. So yeah. So this is Americans think the whole of the South Island is a national park. Is that right? Pretty much. Well, 
it, it's interesting you can see because there's there's without giving too much away there's lord of the rings statues figures around because there's been a film crew around and but it's interesting they, they you have to go clean up after some um christchurch students who have been having a party on a beach and it's quite it's funny there's just a few references that you're like okay you've talked to somebody down here who's obviously given you a few insights on a few things um but yeah the weirdest thing that it got me to message him was like yeah i could yeah run around a bloody great like desert eagle style revolver hunting animals which is you know not something most kiwis get to do ever <laughs> so uh yes so anyway um so we're catching up with them uh later and more importantly though the point being is i was out there at matt's because hopefully we'll have a 22 shoot coming up we found some land that we should be able to do that with so we'll be planning won't be a few months away for a month a few months yet but um you know it's underway so we'll have something in auckland again finally holy moly good stuff yeah yeah so uh, all the people who I, I put a, I guess I mentioned this a while ago, people getting in touch. No, you can't buy tickets yet. No, you can't get anything yet. And there's no real details. It'll be, when it's up, we'll put it up. So that's all good. So talking of shoots, we had what? We had the one up here in the North Island. Um, How Tapu was, it was two days, wasn't it? It was in the end. It, it ran it over yeah, two, they... but the same shoot, same and different shooters. Um, and then down south, Sam, you had um, King of the Range. King, King of the Range and the Ultimate Hunter was the two I ran in the weekend. And the Ultimate Hunter. Yeah. All right, so I figure we'll split. So let's start with the King of the Range, and then we'll end oh, yeah. talk about how Taupo, and then we'll get back down to the Hunter one as well. So King of the Range, what was it? Because it's kind of unique. For so King of the Range, King of the Range, just started three years ago, which is in um, it's an ELR uh, from a thousand meters to two thousand meters. And it was just once upon a time when we used to have all these uh, these gunslinger matches. We used to have a, a one thousand, a twelve hundred, a mile, and a two kilometer qualification, um, which used to be used to have to get two hits on an Ipsic at a thousand, twelve hundred, and at a mile you had to get two hits on an Ipsic at two kilometers. Yeah, I think you had to get one hit on a. I think it was about a meter by about a half meter square plate, and you got these um, badges for doing it. And, you know, everyone used to have three three eights back back then. And we're talking probably seven years ago, I suppose, that it sort of finished five, five seven years ago. And so they used to be run at the end of all our standard matches. Uh, they'd run them every every night and first thing in the morning. And once he finished doing all these matches, that kind of disappeared. So I sort of wanted to bring some of that back, that ELR and that longer range stuff, which we didn't generally do because most of the other matches run into about 1,000 metres. So I decided to make up a dedicated match for everyone to get their 338s back out again because everyone had gone to 6.5 Creedmoors and smaller sort of calibers. So that's what the whole match was about. <laughs> um, so we started off this year with a world record attempt at two kilometres, which is current world record is about 1975 meters so you have to go at least 15 meters further and it's three for three on a 36 inch square plate so everyone had one round down it if they hit they got to carry on but no one no one got their first round hit on so we i, I think that's it called 
Yeah, I think that's the important one with that as well for that for that to qual or to whatever you want to term it's yeah the first round the second round and yeah. the third round and the third round yeah you don't get to we'll walk it to on and then get three rounds on there it's, it's no. and I think and it's from cold ball within yeah. no sooner than six hours from the last time you shot and no more than two attempts in a twenty four hour period. Mm. Um, so anyway, so no one, no one got that. So we decided to uh, we we carried straight on. We we're a bit late starting. We set a briefing at seven, but we couldn't shoot till about half past nine because we had low fog. You just couldn't see more than um, you'd only see to about the five six hundred meter targets. You couldn't see any further. Uh, so anyway, we got going and we started off on the two kilometer target, and there was a few people got some hits on that. I managed to get one. Um, the guy who won Ash Bland, he got a first round hit, and then I think he missed his second shot, and then he got um, his remaining shots on. So he got four out of five, which was which was quite impressive. You don't yeah, we've man. seen a few three out of fives down there, mm-hmm. but you know I've gotten a three out of five on a couple of times, but they're not four. Fours, you know that's that's pretty good going. Um, the best we have had of that range was Matt Easton at our original the first time we did the world record attempt on one of his attempts he did get three for three at at the two kilometer mark but unfortunately due to timing we were inside we're one hour inside we're like 11 hours um when we and we so we had a third attempt inside sorry we're 23 hours so we had a third attempt an hour before we're supposed to so um, we kind of mucked that up a bit in our timing. And, um, yeah. Oh, here he is. Next, next <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Brian, let's cut that out. So that didn't work. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, we did the 2K and then we went back to 1,000. So we then were on to Ipswich. So we did 1,000, 1,200, 1,400. And then we went uh, to a mile, which is a, a one-meter square. Then we did um, two 10-round stages at 1,500. On an Ipswich and uh, uh, a 10-round stage on a 36-inch target at 1,800 meters, hmm. and that was and that was the conclusion. So the big cows only had to do 25 rounds, which was all the first targets, and then the three threat under class did uh, um, did the two two-round stages. They did 45 rounds. You gotta love it when it's the three three eight and under being the smaller three three eight and under. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick had had enough with his um with his uh, cannon um, by the time twenty five was up. <laughs> so what was so the what? biggest caliber that was being shot there? Nick Nick's fifty fifty BMG. Oh, the fifty. Okay, yeah. 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 Nick's that's on, a picture. That, that's the picture <laughs> that I put up on there. The, the closest gun. That's Nick's um style. Yeah, but he can tell you about that. <laughs> is, is it, was there just the 150 because I guess this is the thing I suppose people yeah, there's only one was... know about oh no the there big, was a second stuff. sorry um, Matt Gordon come along with his 50 um, I'm not sure what his one is what's his gun Nick was it a Barrett or something yeah I think so he only pulled it out for the one Barrett or two, 99 okay. yeah he, he fired yeah. one round out of it and then he went back to his 338 it's probably probably more than the 50 cows ever get shot up here to be honest mm. so yeah. And Danny Hill's got his yeah. 375 Shaytac. It's a it's a shame that we don't see more of them out. The um, yeah, I know there's there's plenty floating around, but we just don't see them on the range very often. So mm. whether that's a whether that's a case of um, 
the expense of running them or whether they're safe queens or whether people just can't convince they get hit in at 2k with them, I don't know. Mm. But uh, yeah. the opportunity is there to run them and we just don't see them. Mm. I mean, I suppose I had a question which is a little bit, I guess, devil's advocate because I know the answer. But yeah, what is the likelihood of a guy buying himself a 50 or Shea and just putting all the money into it and actually getting out there and being able to hit stuff out there that promptly? It's um, you're certainly more aware of each miss. I'll give it that much <laughs> yeah. uh, each time. But it is, um, yeah. I mean, it's about no twelve bucks around, Nick, for your Hornady ammo. Yeah, about that twelve, fourteen, about 12. somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, for the match and and plunking ammo comes at about nine or ten bucks around. Mm. Uh, so it's uh, not something you you uh, you take your mates to the range and let them all have a go on. Um, you, get the mo- you get the money off them first, I would guess. Yeah. But it's uh, it's it's no different than any gun, I suppose. You get the same uh, same hits and misses, and the maths is the same. And, yeah. And um, yeah, it's uh, one of the beauties of running the fifty though is you get to go last in case you're reckoning targets. Um, <laughs> but that means you get to watch everybody else's win calls for the <laughs> yeah while you're sitting there waiting. So you do get a better a better opportunity. It, it's not something I've with, ever with really with Oh, I was going to say, it's not something I've ever looked into much because why out here, I love the idea of the Shaytex or the 50s or anything, but how ballistically comparing a 50 to a big Shaytex, is there, how much of a difference is there? Is the 50 like sitting way above anything else? Are they actually, the Shaytex get close, but just with less pushing you around or what's, what's the deal? Like, is it Uh, a whole nother leap again? For pure elevation, things like that, the the 50s outclassed by the Shaytex. It's okay. um yeah, it's it is a bit of a rainbow rainbow shooter. Yeah. Um, but by the same token, it's carrying so much more energy that um, it's not really pushed around as much. Sure. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, hell, you got seven hundred and fifty grains um, in projectile heading down range, so it uh, it moves like a freight train. Um, and there's certainly no argument when you've actually hit the target whether the hit indicator is going or not. Um, <laughs> But it's, um, yeah, it is, ballistically it is outclassed by um, hell even things like, yeah, 300 normal mags and stuff like that, yep. ballistically outclass it. Um, but that's not why we shoot it. Yeah. Excellent. So, I mean, did you have new faces out there? Is it the sort of thing you think you're going to be seeing more of guys as they grows and they go, all right, we've got something to do this now? Because, I, I mean, I would pick as it gets known, even the guys up here who have the big 50s or the big stuff, if you've got them, you're probably also willing to travel to actually shoot them. Yeah, there's, there's um, ones or twos, new, new faces showing up every now and then. Um, what would be really cool is um, to see some of those wildcats, like the Valkyries and the, um, mm. uh, I mean, that's what we built the range for, um, is, to, is to see what turns up and see what comes out of the woodwork. Um, we've got steel, steel out to out to 2K and hopefully a bit further shortly, but that'll handle all those big calibers and those hard hits. So, um, hell, I don't mind if someone brings a rail gun. It'd be cool to watch. Who cares if it wrecks of steel? It'd be, <laughs> nice just, it'd be nice just to watch it. Watch Can it we just see it do it? Do it, it yeah. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, oh, we've got another one to add in here. Um, so I guess now, I don't know, it's a very special thing. You got any you lads got anything more you want to add about the, the king of it other than if guys are um, interested? 
and I'll just uh, get yeah, some. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was, um, there, there was some, there's some really good shooting down. Like, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. And then uh, um, once we, once we'd finished that, we did a, um, I, I put an eight-inch target up at a thousand meters, and it was who could hit it in the least amount of shots in the quickest time. Oh yeah, and um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, De- um, John Mitchell hit it on the second shot in twenty-eight seconds. Um, so he he won the target. Yep. To win the target, you hit. He hit the he he won the target that he hit. Okay. So <laughs> target thrown, yeah. So you, you, the close one. There was a few hit it. Um, the army boys hit it in five shots in about a minute. Um, Danny Hill hit it on his first shot in seventeen seconds, but he hit the chain. Um, he didn't break the chain either with his three seven five shade tack. So that was quite. He put it, mm. but it he bent it slightly, but it it never put a pit or anything. Um, he had a direct hit with a monolithic, so that was um that was quite good to see. Uh, and we had another couple of guys, I think, hit it too within a few, maybe like three shots. Um, so yeah, it's good, good to see. And then we put these so um, big water jugs, twelve liter water jugs at uh, twelve hundred fifty meters, and that was the same deal. I remember I was talking to you on the day of a day before, and you were busy raiding the local warehouse stationery or wherever it was. Yeah, the warehouse stationery, <laughs> buying, buying water cooler jugs. Yeah. I bought 17 or 18 of them or something. It was a little old lady says, I only want one. I said, oh, you can have one, love. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So quickly, we've got a new face tonight as well. Uh, David has uh, joined us. I'm hoping people remember Nick as well. We haven't seen Nick for a little while, but Nick is um, down in Sparrowhawk, works a lot, Sam and everything like that. But David, welcome welcome aboard finally. How are you, mate? Thanks, mate. Yeah, really good. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to come on and learn learn off you uh, Jedi Knights. Is this David so, White? Uh, ben Fell. Ben Fell. Okay, sorry. No, different David. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. talking, to, I was talking to a fella today. Um, some guys have bought some tags from the Central North Island. Uh-huh. Three the, three groups called Central North Island preceded by a different There's a few now, club. yeah. 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 Um, the, he's, called, um, he's, he's Lower North Island now. Well, yeah, this is the low. I think one was telling me about the low North Island one running a Paris match next weekend. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, one, yeah. one coming up this Saturday. That's, that's so, David. So this um, isn't you, David Wright. This is yeah, David Wright. Oh, Different yeah, David. Yeah. yeah. So no, David. David. So people, <laughs> sorry. I, I've put a tag under you after your name, but if I was putting something in brackets after your name, what would it normally be? Like I know, oh, I know you, but jeez, jeez, uh, I don't know, mate. Um, just all round good guy, devilishly <laughs> handsome. Um, you know, all the modest. normal, yeah, yeah, modest as well. All that good stuff. Um, no, I'm editor for Rod and Rifle magazine. Some people might know me from there. Avid hunter and fisherman, sort of a. I dabble in reloading. I'm no, nowhere near up to the standard of you guys, so I'm very keen to learn off you actually, because I've got the mountain challenge in March and. Uh, yeah, I know Ian's obviously always in the bloody papers for winning these things, hey. And Ian, Ian, I might say it's very dangerous of you to have all your stuff up on the wall behind you because straight away I've seen six things that I want to borrow off you. And I'll be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I have? Yeah, it's like a shopping. It's like a oh, nice, mate. yeah, yeah. Some of that. We've already, we've established though they're all empty. All the containers, are empty. <laughs> yeah. all those empty containers up behind it- them. Is it North uh, North Korea North Korea style? Is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks, looks good on paper. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's an empty uh, empty container flex going on there as well. So 
So, hey, I heard a rumour there was a secret batch of Reloaded 26 that came into the country. <laughs> Honestly, there's 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 under the radar. Underground, so underground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how are you all, guys? Yeah, yeah, good to chat. And the competition you're talking, is it Nick, is it? I haven't met you yep. before, I don't think, but the competition you're talking about, I, I spoke to the CEO of the uh, battalion that competed, I believe, their lads, yeah, uh, their yeah, snipers. Yeah, no, and he was really appreciative. Eh? He said it was a great comp, and the guys learnt a lot because I was talking to them before about it, and and, and the sort of the, obviously they're rusty from having to do a lot of the COVID stuff, so they you know they haven't had the trigger time. But sniping is like this kind of broad skill that they learn. Whereas if you want just straight shooting and competition shooting and long range shooting, honestly, a lot of the civvies know so much and and. Um, the knowledge base there is really is really uh, you guys are dedicated and you've spent money and you've got all these amazing bits of kit and you're ready to share your knowledge as well. So he was really appreciative actually of the shoot, Ooh. even though the guys didn't shoot as good as what what he wanted. Um, yeah, the, the, um, no, it was awesome to see them come down and look because as you say, it said exposure to to uh, a whole different way of thinking and approaching the same problems. Because mm. um, yeah, the and the, the backwards and forwards and other guys really like bloody having having somebody else to talk to there that wasn't uh, yeah. wasn't uh, from the same circles. So yeah, no, it was it was um, awesome to have them down. Hopefully we can get them um, to a few other matches and and you know just getting involved in the sport. Yeah, yeah, so, that's it. Don't let them get involved in the organising because they'll have you crawling in muddy ditches and blooming. <laughs> You'll have to do a 10, 10 mile freaking route march into the firing point. And Ian looks good though; he probably still win. Ian, Ian probably still win. <laughs> Graham keeps on threatening everybody with the Millsurp uh, competition where he'll have trenches and battle holes and all sorts of stuff. So he'd probably love it, you know. We, we jokingly did it. We were looking at doing it for a 22 shoot up here of getting people to do a crawl with a replica firearm. We're like, we're not sure. crawling with the thing, we'll just do that. But, yeah. you know, then you have the old guy turn up who's got a hip replacement and the old dicky knee. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. You know. So, um, exactly. yeah. So um, up in the North Island on the weekend, we had Hal Tapu. I haven't checked the results. I'm just going to assume, Ian, that you won it. Was that right? I think you did. <laughs> Quite a good, good assumption there, Kerry, here. I, I don't, you know. So, um, I mean, thoughts on the event. But then the other thing I was thinking is why, and to, to, to put it bluntly, why is it that you keep winning everything? And I know it's a tricky question, and I, obviously it's because the rifle that you shoot is just the, the best rifle in the country, obviously. But, but if is it experience is it training i mean because you are consistently right up there and i think we need to get some other guys upskill to the point so because i figured you'd actually like some competition and keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing as well but what is it what what is it well there's plenty of guys that are pretty close oh yeah and then you know if you look at it too we're, we're broken into two classes mm-hmm. and the practical and the open um so there was a bit of a difference there as far as um, this time, the practical class, we're allowed, say, 10 rounds for a um, a six-round stage. With the open class, you were only allowed, actually, the six rounds, you weren't allowed any backup rounds. Yep. But, of course, we have the added advantage in the open class of using any gear that you like, mm-hmm. which the only difference for me is all I use is a tripod. Yep. If you have time to deploy it, if it's going to work on that stage, 
Um, so probably if you put it all together, if you somehow made it one class, you know, which is there's some sort of limit on gear, you may get a bit more of a true reflection of, you know, a bigger pool of shooters shooting together. And the practical um, the practical class had a higher score than I had. I think first and second, the practical had a higher score than I had. But then again, they didn't have, they had a lot more rounds they could fire. Um, one of the options of their tank trap was a damn sight easier than what Simon set up for the open class for the tank trap. So it, I couldn't say it exactly balances out, but um, yeah, the, the, the wind reads. Wind reading, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that'll help. Come on, man, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very, <laughs> give us, yeah, get your thoughts to me. <laughs> yeah, I want I want the freaking good stuff, man. Tell me what it, I don't. Do I have to pay you? I, I'll, I'll track down that reloaded twenty six for you or something. <laughs> Just I mean, yeah. shaky. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Um, I was I was talking to Graham about you because we're like all right what's going on here and the the biggest thing we figured out like just reflecting on how we were shooting compared to you is that it just seemed that you made less of the really uh the admin mistakes and the silly mistakes that we were forgetting to dial occasionally or we were dialing wrong we were just doing these silly little things that you just seem to have that um i don't know if it's the methodology or just the cool calm just you're just getting on and doing it Whereas, yeah, without fail, still every comp I do, there's at least a stage where I just flat out get something silly beyond, even beyond shooting something admin, you know, I've dialed wrong, I've done the wrong, whatever it is like that. And it also seems that you're just consistently not, not cocking those things up as well, which then it's, you know, it's that, that point you drop here and that stage drop here gets into your head and it, it just builds as well. So that's it, the observation from my side of it. It just seems you're consistent on that. I'm not saying you're perfect. Because I know you're about to tell me that you make the odd mistake. <laughs> yeah, but you know, very very little admin mistakes now. Yeah, that that's definitely a like yeah, dialing wind the wrong way, or which obviously if you're holding wind, you shouldn't ever hold the wrong way unless you're pretty inexperienced. But it can be easy for people to mm-hmm. say, oh, the wind, you know, I've got wind coming from the right, and then they dial the wrong way. Um, but yeah, look, very little admin mistakes and. Yeah, I get it. You know, I get a reasonable amount of training in, and hmm. um, I've got a good setup. And you know, it's taken a while to get it right and get to where I am now. But still, there's a still a long way I, to go. I suppose that's another side as well. So you're not changing your setup just before you come down to every shoot, like most of Auckland does. We were like, oh, well, I'm just going to put a new. I'm going out for a shooting comp this weekend. Let's put a new scope on. Let's do this. Let's do this. You're pretty much set now with your setup within reason. Yep. Yep. Yeah, set up. Just, set just up pull set. a spare barrel out of a out of a uh, barrel out of a barrel somewhere and slap it on, and yeah, <laughs> it's just a caliber change for me now. Yeah, yeah. So if the if the event's sort of seven hundred meters and in, I'll run the the um, six mil creed, and if we're going beyond seven hundred, I'll run the six five PRC. Mm-hmm. And it's like I said, it's all on the same setup, same scope, same everything. Yep. It's just a slight reset of the turrets and. Um, Carry on. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you you came first in the open class. Open class. Yeah. How how was the shoot? Shoot was good. It was actually quite different than I expected it was going to be. There was a lot of um, a lot of 
angle shooting, mainly downhill angle shooting, pretty steep. And um, in true form for Simon, he had quite a bit of it that he made those angles difficult to get a decent position. Right. Yeah. With scrub in the way or tussock in the way or the obstacle you had to shoot off was just didn't lead to be letting you be very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the stages were all quite close together, all spaced down one ridge line, shooting across onto another face and up a, okay. up a valley type thing. Yep. Um, so the layout was actually really, really good, quite different than what I expected it was going to be. Um, and, yeah, man, he put up a really good target package. I was quite surprised. Mm. Um, you know, it made it challenging enough, but it didn't make it impossible. And... Um, I think a lot of people there had a really good day. It was, you know, that that first day was totally booked out with, I think it was 50 or 55 shooters. Mm. Um, and we had, you know, a pretty a reasonably cold day with quite strong wind for a while, and then it dropped off for an hour or so and then came back. So it was sort of a bit of a mix of conditions. Um, and... Really, the whole course is fantastic, apart from he keeps throwing that camo net in there. <laughs> I saw some photos of that turn up. I was like, ah. Well, I think Sam's found his connection again. Maybe. There he is. Um, do you know um, off the top of your head um, what your hit percentage was? Um, How many targets you hit, roughly? I think it was like 68%. Okay. It's actually yep. on the it's actually on there is actually on the score card that I haven't looked at since yesterday. Um, but, but meaning give just to give people an idea, sixty eight percent. So I think I think it was Graham or somebody who got somebody said about sixty and they hadn't shot so well and got sixty. But you got to remember it's all relative to what everyone else is shooting as well. I mean, if if everyone's shooting ninety five percent and you get sixty, it's different from you know everyone is in that that group up there as well. And there's a um, yeah, there's an art. There's a truly an art for setting up your your um, your competition so that people are getting enough hits to still be engaged and having fun, but it's still a challenge. Because um, yeah, you don't want anyone to zero out, but at the same time, you don't want everyone getting a hundred you know hits of everything because then people are just breezing through it. Sixty four point four percent. There you go. Yeah. So you know, quite a low percentage, really. Mm. But normally, if you if you're shooting over fifty percent of Simon's matches, you're, you're you're doing pretty well. Yeah. In general. Yeah. So, um, have you figured out the secret to the camo net stage? Um, yes. Oh, good, good. Thank you, Ed. That's fantastic. <laughs> I finally did bloody good on it for a change because I just ditched everything. And yeah. went in just with one bag and nothing else and just yeah, just take don't take anything that's gonna hook up on the on the yep. net. Um, Suddenly you ditch everything. Yeah. You realize gun wise and everything else is how much stuff sticks out. And I think one year I got my boots stuck in it. Just, <laughs> oh, this is Oh man, not good. So yeah. But no, really was, good shoot. Um and I had a you know, I had a really good squad. We had uh, three new guys in my three new shooters in my squad, new to competition, not new to shooting, and um, two ex-military guys. And 
um, and a, a friend and a customer of mine from the Hawks Bay doing his first comp and um, man, he shot fantastic for his first comp. So he's hooked. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, just good to have a squad with some, you know, new guys in it that are new to competition and just everybody came away buzzing and loving it and going, we want to do this more. You know, how, how do we get into more of this and how can I get this barrel off your, what gear do we need to buy? You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Yeah. And you just, Seeing that just makes it too. You see people that come away from it so enthused and just wanting to get more involved and just upskill, you know. It's good. Mm. Yeah, which we'll talk. I, I spoke to one of the guys yesterday who turned out to do the, which we'll talk about shortly, is the Hunter shoot the boys did down south as well. And I think any way of getting more people involved in this, it's a great, you know, I, I harp on about it, but shooting comp to me is a great way for just firearms, familiarity and so, which leads to safety and just being comfortable and field shooting because it's so close and applicable to hunting yeah you might not come across a tank trap in the bush but hopefully people now <laughs> realize that it represents many things that you do come across and just simply being comfortable moving around those things with a firearm and safely with it's good you've got someone over your shoulder who's looking at you so you have the extra sense of awareness of it and that hopefully translates to everything else as well so well one of the things we've been talking about, Kerry, over the years, you and I have spoken about, I've spoken about it with so many people, all my editorials in the magazine will mention it, is how do we inspire more people to take up either mm. competition shooting, hunting, anything shooting, small ball, whatever it is. How do we, um, and there's a lot of reasons for that, not just because of the benefits that we all get from it, that we all experience and we all love it, the passion we have. It's not just because of those benefits. It also has a very practical um, benefit in terms of us as firearms license holders in that if our population falls below a certain threshold, the next challenge that we have legislation-wise, the smaller we are as a group of people, the less mm -hmm. able we are to fight it off. So I think the challenge for all of us and, you know, guys like Ian and guys that are doing well and, and someone, anyone who has a voice within the firearms community, the wider firearms community, how do we keep growing it? How do we keep pushing it? How do we get people passionate about it? And it's exactly like Ian said. Once people try it, once you get the beginners in and they see it's not as scary as they think and the people are really nice and they we learn a lot. We only have one head. We actually <laughs> only have one head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that's it. I don't know about Sample uh, like but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's the challenge for all of us, eh? and it's really good to have things like this to, to chat about it and, and um, you know, get the, get, get the new guys on there. Well, you know, if anyone has any ideas, <laughs> feel free to right. just go. Just yeah. Well, I, I think I think the big thing for me has always been with the field style or practical or whatever you want to call it, right? Is that it is such a crossover into the hunting side of things. It's not like I can see hunters would look potentially at the F class where the guys are just lying yeah. down and doing these things, or at the other extreme when we had at the um, three gun multi gun where the boys are running around and everything, which I've done and loved, and it was awesome. It's a hell of a lot of fun, but there is a real opportunity to cross over between two, maybe not traditionally is not the right term, but almost very different groups of shooters, the traditional hunters who would never go to a range and the comp shooters sure. who, you yeah. know, and it's cool to see that mix of guys out there who, guys who are obviously in their hunting gear and they've got their hunting right and that's very, and then other guys who are very obviously like myself who are comp, mainly comp shooters, so got all the tricked out toys and, you know, have all the sponsors' names on the back and all that sort of stuff. And it's, you're from Auckland. 
Oh, I'm from Auckland. He's gone. He's gone there. Oh no! Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh. But no, but I was going to point out that still no one has ever pulled me up on the names of the sponsors on the back of our shirts, which somebody should one day. They really should because I, uh, <laughs> my tongue is was so much in my cheek when I did those shirts, and no one has really realised yet. I see. Are you no, doing the mountain like, challenge, Kerry? No, I have to. Ian, you'll dates. be there, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we send you a shirt down here. I'll probably I'll just put the wrong name on it, eh? <laughs> 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 I'll clean mine. I'll clean, yeah. I promise I'll clean it. I'll just send you my shirt down. <laughs> we were tempted when we were talking about it, like, right, team, let's let's for a laugh, let's do some shirts and everything. We we're like, yeah, do we even put our right names on it? Should we just put different whatever it is? It was all in the the fun of the sport of the thing, and it's yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, they've got the and Murray. Macaulay, their team, they got the uh, pill pop and steel slappers. Pill pop and steel slappers. <laughs> <laughs> See, that pill popping, it probably sounds ominous, but knowing the state of the creatures that inhabit the competitions, it's going to be ibu, ibuprofen, <laughs> you know, you know, Sounds exciting, but I bet it's not that exciting. Yeah, it probably will be, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. But anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I realise you've gone another direction again. Yeah, but I think it's a thing. It's really important for everybody with us, and what it's good is that you need to keep a sense of fun in this because it. Yeah, it, we can't take ourselves too seriously. It's not going to help anything. It really isn't. So it's all good. So, Ian, did we? Uh, was it a, a good mix of new and and the, the, you'll always have the regulars that are that are turning out to be shoots, shoots, but there was a good amount of new faces there as well. Yep, and you know, and a, and a definitely good amount of like second or third shoots for people as well. Yeah. 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 So that's good to see that, you know, the new faces are carrying on coming back and not mm. being put off by the by the first one or two. Um, but they're definitely the, the the main regular faces were there. And um and yeah, a nice sprinkle of new shooters, which was which was good. Which was mm-hmm. real good. Uh, I honestly didn't look at the results. Do you know who run the practical class? Um West West, um, can't think of the surname. Is from I oh, know it's right. I should have the Hamilton Way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Hamiltonians. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's up the Nick. far north, isn't it? Yeah, it's that's way up north. <laughs> for you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Not as far north as me, though. But yeah, north. So, to go back to your question before about how to get people in, we um, so the Sunday shoot that we ran just this one bean was uh, the Ultimate 100 Challenge. Of the 40-odd shooters we had there, probably half of them were new names, um, which was really cool to see. And I think that was probably due to the fact that it wasn't a competition. So it was a um, it was a fun day. It was a competition element to it if you wanted to, but it was actually pitched as a, it's just as a shoot, come and give it a crack. And um, I think it's quite intimidating from the hunter stuff because we've had the hunter class in the South Island for a while but it's, it never really took off there was sort of only the two or three people in it and it never really um, never really bought into that hunter crowd because I suppose they're turning up and they're expected to be on the line next to the people with the $12,000 gun and the interchange barrels and the sponsors and, and felt like they were going to make a fool of themselves um, or were embarrassed because of their hunting rifle, didn't compete with the skeletonized bloody um, thing that had tripod legs that bolted into the ground and and uh, had a scope that you could watch the moon with. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. But they, um, but yeah, having a dedicated hunter day um, certainly brought a lot of a lot of people out, which was really cool. Um, the other thing that we've done, I've started down here. We've got a third course coming up next week. Actually, is I've done a one day. We're running a Sam and I teach on it. A one day introduction to precision rifle, and it's designed around setting you up to get you to the level to attend a comp. So it's about um, setting up the rifle, setting up you, setting up your workflow, understanding the ballistic apps, and pretty much with those three tools, you can you can turn up and represent yourself fairly at a at a uh, at any of the comps. Um, and that's proved quite popular. That's been booked out. Mm. Well, when I say booked out, there's only six slots on the courses at the moment. Um, but they've been full all the way through. Um, and people asking for a level two to be hurry up and be designed. <laughs> so, uh, and that's, that's proved quite popular for that fact is that it gives them the confidence in their gear that what they've got is adequate to actually be competitive and to make a hit at 700 metres or make a hit at 500 metres. Um, and yeah, from that we've seen a few names come into the circuit. Mm. Um, yeah, what they don't realise though is that once they get past that one, it's only a matter of time before you're lining up for the 2K target. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, the bank account never recovers. Um, <laughs> Stress on the marriage as well, don't forget yeah, that. Yeah, no, um, but the, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because it's um, not a great year to get into reloading. <laughs> you can <No>. find, the, <laughs> find the components. Um, but what we've been discussing down here is doing a, a NATO class in the shoots. So have a, because um, was what, 12 shoots booked in the South Island this year. So one a month. Um, at 100 rounds of shoot, that's 1,200 projectiles you've got to find. Um, well, I can't do that. Jeez. Um, so I do attend every shoot. You know, I'll probably pick three three or four shoots that I'll run the run my match gun at, and then I'll take a 2 to 3 um, or a 308 to the mm. others. And, um, yeah. yeah, that should that should share the love a bit through the year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. it was quite interesting. I was Steve Dunphy, um, our last match in December. Um, he ran a 2 to 3 in that and came fourth. <laughs> so it's a, um, eminently possible yeah. to, um, to shoot well. And that wasn't a reasonably windy day, which was not unsurprising for our range. Uh, they, so, uh, so what was the format of the, the hunter shoot? I, I spoke to Sam earlier and I, I know, but can you just explain? Because it was, even the format was just unique to what So we this was, it was a trial um, and it changed formats quite a few times in the lead up to. Um, simple concept is a golf course. Um, 18 targets. Um, sort of revolved around, it was about the price of a box of ammunition to attend. You fired um um, the minimum round count was one box of ammunition, so 18 odd rounds. Mm. Um, and you had the option of firing two more shots at the target if you'd missed on your first. Um, or you had, you had the option of three shots, but only the first one was scored towards the hunter challenge because um, it was assumed then that your game has run away and you've scared it off. Mm. Um, and it's a three kilometre long course that goes up over a hill and does a big loop. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, just like golf, a, a pleasant afternoon stroll, um, intermittent with, uh, well, with some gunfire. Well, uh, 
I was saying to Sam, I really like that idea of it. That first round is the round that counts because there's your there's mm. your hunting side of it. But for the guys who didn't get it, they still could learn from taking that second or third instead of just going. You're only getting one shot, yeah. which guys would miss and not necessarily learn. And then very quickly you'd be like, oh. but you get those other two, get your mojo back, or at least learn what you're going and take that onto stage and learn and learn and learn. So yeah, and it know. was and it was um, and you go you're in your hunting rig, so whatever you take for your three k walk is what you got. Um, there was a few people that did a quick dash back home to change their gear partway through. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, it's just, it was simple. And for a course that only had 18 rounds fired for the day, it was quite satisfying, actually. There was, um, some people shot it really well. Some people um, have been sold a course to come to. Um, <laughs> some, and it was, yeah, it was a different concept. I think it's going to, it has the potential to be quite popular. Um, and with a course design like that, you could probably get 60-odd fires on it um, and have a decent field. Uh, I, I like the idea, Nick, of um, – I love the idea of the 223-308 kind of thing. Just mm. factory ammo, just get bums on seats. It doesn't matter if, if you know, reloading gear is hard to um, come by. If you stick to those sort of calibers, you're going to open it up to a lot of people and have – you know, it's, yeah. it'd be a really fun – and there's heaps of formats you can do in. Well, it'll be the same courses. It's just you're, you're, you're competing against the same calibers as opposed to. You know, I mean, there's no denying that the 308s outclassed by the 65 and under certain conditions. Um, and a 2D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you're shooting with other guys with 308s, then that's that's removed that way. Yeah, yeah. Was and 2D3 is always going to be outclassed in high wind um, yeah. at 700 metres. But the. Um, yeah, it just opens up a whole of stuff. I mean, hell, before yeah. long, we'll probably be back to on-site. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so if you're learning how to shoot then, I mean, you know, 2D3 would be a great one to start with for a lot of reasons, but also mm. for wind reads. If you shoot 2D3 out to kind of, say, medium range, but probably not medium, medium, but, yeah. I mean, how good are your wind reads going to be after, you know, shooting a lot of conditions, cheap ammunition, lots of trigger time? Um, it'd be a great cheap way for people to get into it, you know. Mm. And um, and I guess it's a nice follow-on too from like so the Section 22 matches where you're doing the same PRS stuff but with 22 long rifle. Yeah. Which yeah. is another fantastic way for people to get into their competitions. I've um, unrelated, and it's something. It's not something I'm going to necessarily pursue, but I've been shooting more air rifles than I ever have in my life before because people have started sending me air rifles to zero in. And, and initially I was like, what? But then it occurred to me, it's a, it's a scope still, isn't it? It works mm-hmm. and the guys are like, it's their first fire, air, whatever it is. They don't fire up, but they got the air rifle. So it's just like, yeah, but we need need it set up. So, yeah, I've been shooting a few breaks and a few PCPs as well for other guys for pest control. I was like, man, it's like 22, but even less. It's just like, whoa. <laughs> I remember, they were good fire. I remember back um, uh, with Robbie Tiffin in his backyard there being challenged to hit um, – Spent many an afternoon shooting at nine mil casings at 25 metres with the air rifles. And yeah. apparently that's quite a big sport in, I think, South Africa. It's quite a big um, following on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, um, Terry, well, is it, has anyone given you a starter pistol to zero? <laughs> <laughs> a blank firing. Have you read yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You might notice I haven't actually publicised those articles. They're just out there if you want to. Look, they're out there. Yeah, blank firing, uh, blank firing replica guns. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I haven't, funnily enough. <laughs> I, um, it's a matter of time. Have, it's a matter of time, yeah. I did have a net gun. I have had that in the last uh, fortnight, shooting a net gun for a particular. That was interesting. I'd never, I'd never done that before. Um, but figuring out. How's yeah. your shoulder? Yeah. Jeez. Wild. No, it's mild. <laughs> good one. Yeah, yeah. So the same thing. We're both going, me and the other guy are going into it. You must have had a recall pad on it. <laughs> <laughs> probably did have a re- Yeah, we probably did have a recall. But basically, uh, based on 308, yeah. so blank, blank 308 cartridge. Um, oh, it was a three. Most of them were done on 30 30s. Um, yes. Oh, sorry, three or threes. Three threes yeah, three or threes. Yeah. These are new. They're new builds. So, um, boom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. Next having what are they using? Them memories are coming back. Yeah. Sure they yeah. built them better than the Parker Hales. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, it's, yeah. The young, it's the young fellas today. They can't handle the recoil. The 09 oh, version. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, no more oh. hillers, there's no more hillers around with that big fuel tank to absorb the <laughs> shock. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so that, that's been a good variety of it. But again, again, we go back to the thing for these guys with air rifle as well. That may be their their entry into it. So yeah. it's just like, well, yeah, man, cool. Come out, yeah. come do this. I've had enough people come through that I'm seriously considering because one thing I have noticed is that there's a lot of guys, you know, when I was working at the store for a while, a lot of guys are coming and buying air rifles for their kids to introduce them. Mm. So I was thinking probably next school holidays or something, we might look at doing a um, one day a air rifle slash firearm mm. safety intro and basically go, hey, we'll just we'll just sort of treat you to a certain extent, show you exactly as we show it with normal firearm, treat it as a normal firearm. This is how, these are the rules we play by, basically. Mm. It's an air rifle, it's not a firearm, but let's get some good practices now because then you, when you progress, you've already got those things based. Exactly. Um, and a, It'd be interesting because especially if it be father, son or mother or mother, whatever it is, the dynamics, you'd be talking probably to the the parent and the kid at the same time and just seeing who sits where on it. So because I had plenty of guys coming in going, my son's really into this. I'm not a firearms guy. I don't know where to start. Where do I start? How do I do this? It's like, yeah, well, um, start by you getting a firearms license. Yeah. We're looking um, at doing a, um, uh, can't call it a father-son shoot. What do you call it? Um Family shoot? State, state, approved, Harvard, state sure. approved guardian and non-gender specific dependent shoot. <laughs> um, yeah, a, uh, a, family, a family shoot. Um, for, oh, yeah. Uh, I know. For this year to, um, for just that, because we had uh, quite a lot of the local area, the families, and the, funnily enough, through the school, yep. the, um, asking to asking for a run a shoot. We might do as a fundraiser for the school. That'll be a good one. Um Hey, wouldn't be a great world where that sort of thing comes back in, and it's it's an option for yeah. yeah well, we used we used to teach teach the uh, we had a school class we did all the primary schools in the in the Canterbury area. Mm. We used to go around and teach the um, basic firearms schools stuff in that because um, most of them are rural, so they've all got firearms in the house. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I've even noticed up here, you're talking to the parents or something or kids or anything about it. For the long range, as soon as you start pointing out the maths. And the physics and these other things that are actually involved with it as well. Sometimes it's like, oh, practical application of maths. It's like, yeah. yeah. And you've got a kid there who sees, especially if he's shooting a distance or even an adult, you know, and you see the steel move. And then a couple of seconds later, you hear it. And it's mm. like, right, who can tell me what the, I'd start to sound like a school teacher, but can anyone tell me <laughs> why there's a decoupling? Anyone remember our basic, you know, speed of sound, mm. speed of light? And a young kid yeah. may have just gone because he's learned it recently. He's like, I've actually just seen it in the real world. It's not a theat- theatrical, um, theoretical thing on paper anymore. I can actually see an actual representation of it. So, 
Yeah, maybe I should have been a math teacher. Who knows? You look like a geography teacher. You need to grow that beard. You need to grow the big beard. You need to grow the big beard. It's coming back. It's got that kick. Come. Somebody said recently, "Oh, you're growing the windsock back." And but the problem is, I got my I got my Colonel Sanders stage in between. Yeah. What's that? Do I dye it? <laughs> You've got the only one I can see on the screen that doesn't have grey coming through. Uh, yeah. Are you talking to me or David? Yeah, no, I'm freaking grey, bald, I don't know. Like, yeah. It's falling down my back and into my butt as well. <laughs> plenty, plenty of hair. <laughs> so the hunter shoot, uh, what was it? Eight, 18, it was 18 was the max yeah, score, so wasn't it? Was it? And you had one... One person clear it. The one who cleared it. Is that yes, right? he cleared it. Yep. Um, yep. To yep. be honest, what made that match though was uh, I don't know if you've seen the photos of them, but those targets that Sam put together for yes, uh, yeah, outstanding. Yeah. The um, yeah, and the the rubber bodies worked really well too because the gut shot actually came back with that swap that, um, <laughs> that that we all know and that we all know and dread when it comes. Yeah. Um, which does open up the opportunity for a um. Uh, for a booby prize, because we could mark the mark the gut shots on the thing and have a special prize for that person. But no, those the targetry that that Rifle Ranch put up with and Sam made it just yeah. that was the highlight of that shoot. It made it it made it realistic. You had the uh, the animals looking at you. There was one particular one. The favourite of them was the uh, I think it was the fellow doe. That's she was only a hundred metres away, but looking directly at you, and it looked two two. The who? 200 metres. 200 metres. Yeah. It looked like it was just noticed you were there in that same sort of alert level. And, and um, yeah, they were uh, added a whole new dimension to it. Which, mm. And the fact that it was only the kill zones that were steel. So yep. um, you actually had to hit the chest or the, the central nervous system. Um, yeah, added a whole degree of difficulty that people didn't had forgotten. Well, it must also be sobering when you do shoot at something and you hear that thwack that's the thwack that's like that was not where it needed to go. Well, it's yeah, like, well, we had, we had a couple of guys on there that had never shot an animal before. Um, oh. So they, they didn't know how to explain to them where the, where the kill zones were. Ah, and cool. that, so yeah, another yeah. good learning curve there. Yeah. yeah. I, um, there, was, there was an interesting one. I was up the top and, and some guys are coming through doing that, that stage that Nick said. And um and also up there was a going down the hill was a, a trophy fellow buck, and it was broadside, um, and the wind was coming in from the arse end, and there was a bunch of bunch of guys up there, and you know I was sat in the spot and I said, he just went under his neck, so they were missing off to the off to the left, but all of them would have been holding dead on the target. And I said it's a scary thing when you've got to aim for a gut shot to try and hit the yeah. chest. Yeah, and there was a bit yeah. of a learning experience that they all kind of said, "Yeah," but they were all missing off the left. I said, "You got to hold about a mid gut shot." Yeah, and it's it's yeah, it was just one of those things. Um, yeah, that's a good lesson, eh? Especially in real life, when when you have to do that sort of thing, that's uh, just hope the wind doesn't bloody drop as you fire, but let off on you. Which also happens yeah. sometimes. This is the mm. thing: hunting can be messy. Um, um, yeah, it'll be, be a fantastic shoot to run just prior to the roar or something like that. Now that we've now we've got the format sorted, the, um, yeah. Well, it's all Come good. I mean, in the in the comments over here, we've got lots of good comments coming through and thanks and all sorts of stuff as well. So yeah, it's um, even the guys I've spoken to for that that hunter shoot who hadn't done 
you know, competition or shoot or even, you know, competition or not, even just getting out with another group of shooters, I think is the big part of it as well, surrounded by them. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they seem to really love it. Um, and there did look like there was a little bit of shenanigans might have happened in the evening um, and at the barbecue as well, which I think is a big, big part of it, which is also good. Was it yeah. was it Gecko? Goanna wrestling. Goanna wrestling. Goanna wrestling. Goanna. 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 Monitor. Monitor lizard. Yeah. You heathens. Monitor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so was there a price on that? Who won that? Is there any tips for that? Is that something guys need to practice up on, or is it just? You, play I, I tell you, what, you won stupid prizes. Yes. <laughs> I tell you what, Joel, Joel Bradley was a bit of a machine, and when he sort of stood up, and like he sort of he's a. Six, he must be six yeah, he's four. About eight, eight four. He's a fairly yeah. solid boy for an XSA, yeah. for an XSAS guy. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of he fairly came to Cam. He didn't have much of a shit show. Although Cam was rather <laughs> drunk, I think, to be in that sort of state. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I took on Jake, and um, there was a, there was actually a battle with Jake, and then eventually he slipped off his head, so I won. But yeah, it was um, he um, yeah, he's quite strong. Um, there's a question come up and I'm just going to reframe it a little bit as well because I, I essentially the question is in, any idea of what percentage of guys are reloading versus factory as well as the why um, I'm just interested is it a, I suppose it's the same north and south island really I mean how many guys you got down there rocking up how many guys you got rocking up for like king of the range shooting factory or is it all reloads for a start um, king of the range I think it's all hand loads. And the reason being is that um, once, you're, once you're looking at that at that distance, you're really chasing um, really small ESs and really yeah. small SDs. Otherwise, you're just not going to be in the... I mean, you've got a, what a... We have a 36-inch target um, at 2K. You've only got to be sort of... Right. You're only going to be 30-odd feet a second a ES and you're actually... Um, you're only going to get dropped 70% of your shots on the target. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, even if you did everything else right. So, one, yeah. one one guy will have been running um, factory ammo. Yeah, me. No, two, two. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> one thing. But for the ramage. 50s, yeah, is the yeah. 50s, that, that's the military, the military running. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, the the fifty will be doing hand loads eventually. I'm I'm still working up. That's a that's a, just, a project yeah. to gain all the pieces one piece at a time. Yeah. Um, by um by way of a handicapping system, I vote that Ian shoots with privy partisan living <laughs> ammunition factory ammo. Eh? Well, that's a bit of a handicap. You up for it, Ian? You up for it? Yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> Privy oh, partisan in a in a in a three o three, which he has to put in a hybrid. Oh shit! Get me a pipe and smoke it. And then then for the the hunter cop as well, because if you had more hunters out there, would have you like, still had a mix of of the reloads and the the and uh, and and as well? Sorry, because I love to stack yeah. these as well. For the hunter shoot, were the guys bringing along their hunting rifles, or was it that pseudo? It's yes, a hunting rifle. Everyone, everyone, pretty much brought their hunting rig. Um, even the, the guys that stayed on for both days um, used the hunting rifles on the on the second. Mm. The um, and 
of the people of the actual the new people that turned up most of them were running running uh, factory ammo um, yep. and and it, that's perfectly fine I mean they're, they're, I think the furthest target was 700 but everything else was uh, averaged around that 400 meter mark um, yep. so at that range factories perfectly, yeah perfectly acceptable mm. yeah I, I had a guy recently asking me about how to reduce his ES. You know, he's just like, I've been doing all this and everything. And that was my first question. It's like, well, how far are you shooting it? What are mm. you shooting at? Does it really matter? Have you stopped and figured it out? And this is the cool thing you can do with the calculator. If you're an ES of 30, you can sit there with your calculator and figure out add, th- or add 15, take 15 away. All right. Um, and then you've got your spread. Well, was that bigger than your target? Yeah, okay, it's a concern. Is that smaller than your target? Well, go shoot your target because mm. it doesn't matter and that hokey position you're in is probably more of your issue than that. Um, so much time, I think, we overthink. Yeah, it's heavy, heavy, sh- heavy shot at your target and seeing what the result is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know, oh, I'm too busy trying to sort my reloads out before I can go out anywhere and shoot it. Yeah, it becomes it becomes just one of those circles on the um, accuracy budget. Yeah, what we call it, and then uh, everything has a has a margin of error, and you just start putting all those circles on. You know, you get a half minute gun, then you got your forty five feet a second buddy spread, and, mm. and you end up with a bunch of circles that'll give you you manage your expectations at, at each range. Yeah, um, exactly. And then it's assuming you do everything right. But, um, yeah. But yeah, to to answer the question for. For the long, once you go past transonic, um, the best performance comes from handloads, um, yeah. provided you can get an extreme spread under control in an ES, uh, sorry, an SD of under about 10, seven's pretty good. We had a guy on the last course that, uh, and we elaborated at it too, but he had an SD of two. Um, and Was it two shots? <laughs> no, that was across. It was across a ten round spread. He had uh, wow, SD of two. Wow, jeez! He, he claimed he had one, um, and that was why we tested it. But he got two, and uh, he's refusing to load for me. What powder? <laughs> Three out of twenty-six. <laughs> <laughs> the unicorn. Yeah. Oh no! What? Well, uh, so, well, he's using on one a, seven. Yeah, one seven. But they. Um, ah. Yeah, no, it was a... Um, a Simul Rimag, uh, 2D17, shooting yep. 162 SSTs. Yep. Right. Right. Well, so well, what, what, what do you guys think about this? Go for it, Dave. Extreme long-range shooting, you know the, the record shots. When you start looking at the ballistics of it, hey, I'm just... I don't know, it might be me, I might get attacked here by the group, but I'm not that impressed because... I know what the spread is at those long ranges. And if you found a way to produce, to replicate it like out of five shots, because you know it's one shot hit out of 10 or whatever it is, um, that extreme long range shooting, the records I'm talking about now. I think if you don't know much about ballistics, you're super impressed. But you know that if you know, if you know enough about ballistics to know it's kind of barn door syndrome, like they're literally this you could fire it in exactly the same spot using everything the same and your margin of error is huge so i don't know what what do you guys think about that so the um depends what records you're talking about there yeah the The russian there's the ones ones there's the ones where they sit there and plunk away at it until they eventually hit it yeah from the the russian 
the yep. dawn to sunrise to sunset, you watch it sometimes, and you're like, you're going to hit it eventually. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a, it's a law of averages, that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, uh, when we said about, because we're going to host another couple of attempts this year as well, but when we said about the figuring out which set of rules to go for, that was why we settled on the ELR Central ones, which was, yeah. you know, the Cold War, three shots, three hits, as a better representation of skill and understanding of the gear. Um, sitting there plinking all day. Yes, yes, that what are they up to six thousand yards or something now? Mm-hmm. For the, something like uh, that, yeah. On his thirty-third shot or something. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that was that's impressive, but only from a physics standpoint, not from a skill. Yes. Skill Agreed. And, um, mm. uh, what was funny was watching the video of that when they got it, because um, it was a seventeen-second time of flight or something, and. Um, the video showed they had a bunker down at the target end with a couple of guys sitting in it on um, the target. And, um, yeah, the, they hit, they hit on the target. These guys started celebrating, and over the radio you could hear, get back inside, there's still rounds in the air. <laughs> 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 back in the bunker, and about three seconds later, another round comes in and hits the dirt beside the target. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, uh, yeah, which, which also pointed out the fact that, you know, that he wasn't even waiting for the previous round to hit. Yeah. Before, uh, um, so he knew what his he knew what his uh, what his percentage chance of hitting the target was, and was just putting rounds in the air until it connected. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the ELR yeah. one, the, the three shots, three hits from cold ball. That's that's a different story because now you got to yeah. understand the cold ball. Your wind call has got to be spot Absolutely. on. Absolutely, that's impressive. Yeah. See, yeah. that impresses me. That kind of shooting, eh? But that and, it's, and that's yeah. that's the nineteen. Was it? Was it in the moment? Nineteen ninety five. Nineteen hundred and seventy something meters. Yeah. Uh, they do it in yards. So I think it's partially why they can test it out because I did it in metric. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that, but that's that's a very thing. That's the thing. There's a very different set of rules, and you're right. It's the same thing. You watch them, and you're interested because yeah, we've got all the gear, and the guys shooting there for a very long time. You know, eventually it's going to happen. Yeah, it's cool. It's all good. Cool. Very cool. But yeah, when when it's suddenly the no 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 the first one second one and the third one all have to hit, yeah. and the range may not sound as impressive when you've been listening to these six thousand you know. But it's like, but that was the first, second, and third round they put into the air. Well, it does, exactly. it does get impressive because uh, the twenty-two long rifle one is five hundred meters for that now, yeah. and that's on a twelve-inch plate. <laughs> um, so that's yeah, the, uh, the size of the sole of your foot, basically. Um, at 500 metres with a 22 long rifle with a subsonic round too. So that's, uh, mm. that's impressive. Wind call's got to be even bigger there. That, that world record shot, it's, um, it started, I think, the first time they did it. Was it about two years ago now? Um, yeah. The first fella to get it did it with a uh, 7 STW, was it? Hunting rifle? Yeah. Um, and it was about... It was like 14, 1,500 metres, I think, was the first the first uh, correct attempt. Mm. Did they do it at SHOT Show or something like that? Yeah, uh, Vegas, I think it was, yeah. just yeah. under a mile. Yeah. But even then, sorry, and but the current, right. the current records with um, a guy who's done it with a 3 threat Lapua Savage, isn't it? Oh, I can't remember what he used for 3 threat AI, <laughs> something like that. It's handy now. You'll be in my favourites. Um. <laughs> so, David, you mentioned earlier, so you've got your first comp coming up or have you done a Yeah, 
No, I've only shot. I've shot competitively in the military into unit stuff and and that sort of thing and 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 long range shooting, but never never a, a civilian competition, not ever. So I'm really really keen to see how it works and see if it. I, I've got a Sarco new Sarco S20 and 6.5 PRC, which I'm just tricking a loadout for at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Ian will loan me some of his loaded 26, but, um, <laughs> so yeah, and it's and it's cool. I I know enough. I know enough that um, I'm not intimidated by it, but then at the same time, it's definitely you have to be humble going into that sort of thing against guys that are are very very good. And always, the thing for me was shooting these comps is about currency. Like you you could you could you have to be you have to have a lot of trigger time leading up to it, or you have to have a real good base of knowledge. Um, you could be a really really good shot, but if you go in there and you haven't shot that kind of competition for a long time or you're going in there um you know that is a disadvantage for sure but i'm keen as to see how you guys do it and i'm i'll, I'll be watching in like a hawk i'll, I'll be i'll be following you on my little notebook in freaking making a little notes mate um, it's a really good uh it's a really good event to do for one of your first ones too because the target package is you know generous yeah it's not it's not easy but it's generous and that you know um, now, if the conditions are, are reasonable, um, you got to have a good time, and, you, and you, you'll go fine, man. Yeah, I mean, you've yeah. got enough, enough of this stuff. It's just yeah, just a bit different being in a um, squad of you know civilians doing it. Really? Yeah. Is is it is it bantery or is that for? But you know, is it because people because <laughs> depends on the squad. Yeah, yeah, there's different levels yeah. of seriousness. If, I've, if I've done a, a lot truly of truly refined level of shit talking. You need to get on a squad with me and Matt. <laughs> Enough <laughs> that we warn people, and we've actually talked about the fact that maybe we shouldn't maybe do that so much because that's sometimes why we our, our scores reflect it because it gets maybe a little bit too fun and loose. But it just depends, depends why you're there. I mean, half the time, if me and Matt are actually out of shoot. Well, they're, we're there because we're catching up and it's fun times anyway. So. Yeah. It's good training though, Kerry. One day, one day, mark my words, one day you'll be in a final in a shootout with <laughs> you against the other guy and he'll start shit talking. And you'll be like, I've been here before. I yeah. can deal with this. I'm well I can deal with Matt. I can deal with, yeah. yeah. Ian, what's, what's your shit talking like? I never heard you. You try. Uh, it's, it's pretty, he's not pretty that, dry he's not and pretty low key. Yeah, very not that good. Oh, you're thinking of doing that call? Oh, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we were yeah. in the squad down at the um, down at the <laughs> mountain challenge last year for the um for the yeah the PRS one. He's yeah, no, he's not very good at shit talking. He kind of he, he tells you crap. <laughs> <laughs> that that wind that wind gives you mine was, he gives you was, crap. Was, wind, he gives you crap. Just gives you bad wind. He goes calls. up and fucking hits everything. He's like, oh, about 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 that. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Way out. <laughs> <laughs> old, the old favourite's always that after that first round five and it's a miss and they go, did you wind your turret back after the last target? Yeah, we've gone yeah. into a weird world of tips now. <laughs> <laughs> How to destroy other people's thought process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I yeah. have had it, John's a few times here, and Ian, when we've been we've been shooting those squads in the Magnum one, and there'll be someone, it'll be like you and me and someone else, and we kind of, I was usually fighting for second with someone, and they go, oh, you hear some fellas saying, so I said, I can't give you a win call, I'm sorry. 
Yeah. <laughs> tell yeah. Where it is. We're on the last <laughs> stage and I'm like, and there'll be like two shots in it. And I'm like, sorry, I can't give you a thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had that a few times. It's good fun when that's Yeah, we too, have, we have. It's been getting yeah. close on it. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. Again, what we somebody said before, it needs to remain fun because when it gets very, very serious, it's just like, oh, why? Why? Yeah. And and you there's always there's always a few individuals who are hyper competitive, but the other thing I found is most people are competitive, but I think it's one it's a sort of a sport you get very competitive with yourself first. That's probably the biggest thing and probably the most beneficial yeah. thing is getting competitive for yourself. So you're more like to be more likely shit talking in your own head to yourself than actually actually having a go at anybody else. Because if you if you're that guy, you actually find yourself probably quickly pushed away because no one really wants to be around that anyway. So you know. What's your tips well, on uh, resistance to hangover shooting? <laughs> Lots of whiskey is very good. <laughs> One of the best shooting I've been I've done has been with a sword. Yeah, I, I won the tw- I won the twenty two one from drinking a lot of whiskey the night before. Yeah, you're not overthinking yeah. it, eh? You don't overthink no. it. Yeah. It's like it's like bull riding used to be real relaxed if you had a good night the night before. Been... Bull riding, jeez, Sam, that's freaking crazy, man. You, you you have that night before you turn up real relaxed. It's good, good to go. Good to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, what are we coming up now? I don't know. I've got. I've. I've got a. I actually put a calendar up on Precision Shooter. I don't know. I've got most of them. But what's the next shoots for you guys down south? We're this- three weeks. We're down at um, uh, Inver- uh, Gore for Sam oh, yeah. uh, Ruddenclaw's match. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is it starts with H? That's his yeah. first one he's doing, so that'll be yep. the premiere of it. Yep. Cool. Yep. And that's looking yep. like that'll be yep. another yep. annual event. Yes, it will be. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big round yeah, count too. Yep. Yeah, a lot of targets. I just I don't know how many targets down there. Lots. Good ones. Lots. I think I saw a photo where he had them all stacked up, all the rifle, yeah. rifle range array. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, there was lots of targets going down there. Yeah. Are you going down to that one, Ian? You're going to take a long drive? Yes, I am. Yep. Start yep. the next couple of days to get down there. Slow. Slow gradually. Um, got to sneak a shooting up here this, this weekend first. Oh, yeah. So we've got that Lower North again. Island. Uh, Lower North Island. Um, at Dave Wright, they've got the Lower North Island Long Range Shooters. Yep. I think it's their first event, which is 20 minutes drive from home. So it's a luxury for me. Um. So we've got that on Saturday of the year, then, you know, one more weekend and then on the road to um, the deep south. Awesome. Three days shooting down there as well at uh, Hokanui. Well, you know, Friday afternoon, they're having a long range challenge. Mm-hmm. So anyone who wants to come down and shoot the, I think he's shooting about a thousand metres or 1200 metres, I think it is. Um, you know, drag the, I'm going to drag my normal down for that for something different and then the the Saturday and the Sunday, it's about 190 odd round count over those two days. So it's going to be plenty of shooting. 158, I think. 158. Hmm. I think it's 158. You're telling me I'm going to be on my 2v3, I think. Excellent. All right. Uh, what else coming out? You got any more? What's When's your next courses down there? Nick, Sam? Because I know you, um, you, those are all next week as well. Next week. 
What's that? Yeah, is that a, is that a weekend? Like, yeah, PRS yeah. spin up or PRS yeah. one or what do you call yeah, that? Yeah, the intro to precision rifle. Um, yep. Doing the currently deconflicting the calendar for the rest of the year. Hope to have that up in the next few days. Um, with uh, now that we've got most of this or just about all the South Island match dates fixed, so it's just now deconflicting. So we're not competing with anything around there, which is getting harder and harder with one a month. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, level two courses starting about um, March. Hopefully we'll get the first level two course uh, underway as well. Once we've finally decided how much we can jam into a single day. Um, that makes sense. And then, less less than you probably think, I suppose. That would be the... Yeah, it's... Uh, less than you want, maybe. It's, I don't well, know. The days start getting shorter around then too, so... True. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, the usable time, um, and then I guess the level three and four will come after that, probably middle of the year. Yeah. Um, once we uh, figure out how to compress wind into <laughs> into one or two days. Yeah. Well, we've got, I've got my next Tuesday tune-up, which I've been doing for a while now, which is basically a, a it's kind of changing its format, but these days it's just really bring along what you've got, and we'll show you how to mm. zero your rifle. That's our starting point now. Um, yeah. because a lot of guys aren't even sure on that. And then if it goes well, then, yeah, we can also stretch you out. But I found it's more been a case for guys just learning how to zero and start gathering some data, and then the stretching out is almost the bonus, icing on top. Yeah. Um, the the weekend course we did last oh, – what was that last year? It was, was good. I think we'll do another one, but I'm going to do another one probably more hunter-focused. So I'm thinking of doing a couple of days. The same thing. We do a setup drop an animal, show them how to process that. And then I was talking to Sam today about the idea of doing like the hunter, like the hunter week or the hunter shoot you guys did, but basically yeah. doing like a um, steel safari. So just put some targets up around the block, take the guys up and go, right, here we are, here's scenario, shoot. Now let's talk about it. How can we do it better? And then just do that. So not necessarily a high round count, but very situational and walking guys around and getting them to shoot mm. in some positions, you know, um, yeah, so I think that'll that'll be good as well. Um, yeah, other than that, me, I've been more articles up on the website. So if guys are listening in, Precision Shooter and The Bloke, I'm kind of splitting them over that, depending on what I'm doing these days. And Rod and Rifle Magazine. Rod and Rifle, Rod and Rifle Magazine. I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry. Just, I've got an article gonna, coming out on Rod and Rifle Magazine a, as well. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I just cleared yeah. out a bike. Yeah, I had to add my bio. I've got a request. I've added my bio onto the end of my article. Yeah, as well. yeah, you deserve a bio, mate. <laughs> just, oh, a I bio. forgot to actually put a bio on there. Uh, but I was saying to someone around today, if they haven't seen it, for me, if you might know, I like my health and safety. So, um, all my safety side. So, we're up to rule number five now. Um, talking about that. And then, uh, yeah, six I've started writing about, and seven's going to be a good one as well. And then I might have to summarize them and start again or something. Um. Yeah. All good. Anything else, lads? When are you guys? Um. How many times are you going to do that King of the Range? It's just going to be an annual event for that sort of one to two k stuff, or you? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. That's just been a an annual. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. The, it'd be pretty hard to try and fit in a second one in at the moment. Um. I think. Mm. Yeah. The the um. We are going to do a world rec- a dedicated world record attempt. So it'll be a two day. Thing, um, hoping, tried to get it at last year, but of course last year we won't talk about um, the, a winter version and a summer version. So we've got those two um, 
two sets of weather to give it the best opportunity because the winter has yeah. those amazing mornings um, and, the, and the evenings, whereas the summer can give you a bit more of a mixed bag. But um, yeah, we'd like to do more of the ultra long range stuff, but we're competing with the same crowd as the PRS. You know, yeah. it's, it's a limited pool, and um, I'm, happy, I'm happy to see the PRS stuff growing at the rate it is. And maybe later on there'll be an opportunity to run run overlapping events. But yeah, as it is, this yeah. you almost, guys have got a you guys are having a few PRS events. Do you think you could tack it on the day before or the day after, try and get another two day shoot in down there, or is that? An option. I wouldn't say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> organising two completely different shoots on the same weekend yeah. is, is not twice as much work. It's uh, it's quite yeah. a bit. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. We'll be. Nick, um, I'd like to do more of them, but for the Nick, same token, Nick like doesn't like it. Games. I quite enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick hates it, but Nick has to go home and do the paperwork. Well, I get to I get to uh, entertain people. Host. Um, host, host is that the word? Well, it's probably yeah, host. as well. I'm the, I'm, I'm the performing monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I get I get to host people at the hut and, and yeah stuff. And Nick has to go back and yeah. Sucks, but. Excellent. All right, lads. Well, uh, again, thank you very much. Um, thank you if you've listened in live. It's always good to have you guys there. Thank you for the guys commenting. If you're listening to the podcast, I realise I haven't got the week before's up, so this will come out. Anyway, it's, I'm, I'm playing catch up where I can, so it'll come out. So I do appreciate it when the guys turn up and go, yeah, we just listened to that on the drive down to wherever it was. So it is pretty good to drive around the country. And I'd encourage people to go back and listen to the earlier ones, either with all the lads here or even the early, earlier ones with the boys from overseas as well. So, um, yeah, they're all good value. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Cheers, Kerry. Uh, we'll catch up when we'll catch up. Cheers, guys. Good to chat. Thanks for listening to the show. Please, if you enjoyed it, make sure you are subscribed either via your podcast app or by heading on to precisionshooter.co.nz and subscribing. Even better, if you want, you can support us directly by joining up, which also gets you access to all the articles and member-only content, not only on the Precision Shooter site, but also the bloke.co.nz. The other site I run focusing on, well, blokey stuff, like the outdoors, hunting, four-wheel drives, and of course, coffee. We have lots of shooting courses and setup days coming up, and if you visit precisionshooter.co.nz, you can find out what's happening, check out the latest precision rifle-related products we have, and much, much more. Your support is truly appreciated, and we look forward to sharing more great chats and information with you on the next Trigonometry Show. See you then.